0: Lectionary Lab live is recorded live in Gainesville, Florida, and Brasstown, North Carolina. Welcome everybody to the Lectionary Lab Live. I'm John Fairless. I'm here with my Bubba, Delmer Chilton. Say hey, Bubba. Hey, Bubba. Hey, Amen. Good to hear you today. We're getting ready to talk some text. Think about preaching for the second Sunday in Lent. These are the texts for February the 25th. 2024. Your words are coming to us from high on the mountain today. We will yeah. call you the uh, uh, the Moses Bubba for this, uh, for this <laughs> session. I'm on
1: top of a mountain <laughs> above the Valley Cruise Retreat Center of the Diocese of Western North Carolina, the Episcopal Church, doing some retreat work with the Episcopal Clergy. Just outside Banner Elk, if you want to figure uh, out. Right. About eight miles out of Banner Elk between there and Boone. And, yep. uh, you know, I'll switch back my way up the mountain above the retreat center. And when I I thought maybe I would walk from the hermitage down to the retreat center <laughs> till I drove that two and a half, three miles up here. And I said, no, I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. I'm driving
0: back and forth. Would a a younger Delmer be able to do that? Or is it just, you know, that just don't make no sense to me.
1: Be able to or would are two very different (laughs) questions.
0: (laughs) I got you, man. I got you. Beautiful,
1: beautiful place up here. Fantastic. All right.
0: right. Well, tell us what you got on your mind today as we uh, begin to think about preaching.
1: Well, you know, this is uh, the Genesis uh abrahamic covenant at 99 you know abraham as good as dead uh i think one of the themes running through this is is life and death it's, it's picked up by paul and uh, mm-hmm. when he does that section that to us the logic of it seems a little funny and i'm gonna start right. there in the middle of this romans hmm. um 419 in which he talks about Abraham did not weaken in faith as he considered his own body already mm-hmm. as good as dead. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, fully convinced what God had done and reckoned righteousness. And he, he talks a little bit about, um, Sarah's womb being barren, you know, and then ends up down here with Jesus, our Lord from the dead. So, the logic that he's getting at in here has to do with the pi- trusting a God who's yeah. able to restore the unrestorable, to fix the unfixable, mm-hmm. to bring back us and everyone you know from the dead. Yeah. This is the theme that runs through this. So you got Genesis with Abrahamic covenant in which he comes and and he talks to Abraham. Good, and he's ninety nine, and Sarah's womb is barren you got the psalm the first half of that psalm is woe is me all these awful things are happening we don't see that part then you got the second half in which he talks about the vindication and what lord has done you know god brought life out of death yep you've got what i just talked about from from romans where he reaches back talk about abraham and sarah then you've got this gospel dynamic in which jesus has responded to Peter saying, thou art the Christ by saying, and here's what that means. Yep. Yep. And they go, no, 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 no. And he said, no, yes, 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 yes. And calls the crowd and starts talking about dying and living and all that. Mm -hmm. So the major theme, I think running all through here is trusting a God who can bring life out of death. Yeah. Hope out of despair, renewal out of failure. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, yeah,
0: and and such a key running through that. It is not the amount of faith we have which we no, often no. we often, you know, hear that you just need more faith, etcetera, the disciples, you know, on another occasion, Lord increase our faith. Jesus said, uh uh-uh, uh No, you need but a little faith. It's about who the faith is in. I, and I saw, what the one you're trusting can do." I yeah. saw a Facebook
1: meme which I reposted at Robert Capone and he says we're always trying to turn a gift into a deal hmm. it's always grace but yep. we're always trying to turn a gift into a deal and we'll look at it and so we say, well how much faith do I have to have to get this free gift <laughs> you know how much <laughs> what do I gotta how do how much
0: do I need to believe Yeah,
1: how, how much do I have to believe what do I gotta do Yep, and, and it's all about that's not not what it's about mm-hmm. um you know like i said what does it mean to have faith in god is it about believing things about god or is it trusting in what god can do and our old friend liston mills comes in again the question is mm-hmm. can god be trusted yeah. and the answer in all texts today is yes you better bet a promise a promise that god can be trusted whatever valley we're in god can bring us to the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yep. that's where we are. Absolutely. I, 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 I love a lot memes every once in a while because they help me focus, you know, these <laughs> quotes, you know, they help yeah. me focus on the thing. Yeah. And, and I, I posted one that I, I read in a book I was reading while on retreat mm-hmm. and it was from GK Chesterton and said, Christianity has died many times and mm-hmm. it has risen because it serves a God who knows the way out of the grave. Mm -hmm. So and we find ourselves in a time in which everybody's lamenting the death of the church. Mm -hmm. Well, you look back 2,000 years of church history, the church has died.
0: Many times.
1: Many times. And part of it is for us to continue to believe that we serve a God who knows the way out of the grave. Yeah. individually yeah.
0: and collectively well I, I that's it uh many many examples a few years ago i did a lot of work with the uh, and i still do i still use this i found it helpful but with kenan callahan and the uh you know 12 keys to an affected church or something like that i like his work better than i liked his title but yeah. one of his main premises is wherever you in your local church or wherever we in the church big c find ourselves we are people of the resurrection and yep. you got to remember that and you got to live into that and so that's kind of attached to what you're saying here
1: so looking at genesis 17 1 through 7 mm-hmm. and then it cuts yep. and does 15 through 16 i use cut advisedly it cuts <laughs> out circumcision
0: <laughs> Ooh, i wasn't gonna go there but uh, here you go
1: uh, well, I think it's important <laughs> to mention circumcision. It cuts that section out. I think one of the commentators says tactfully. So, um, yeah. so Genesis 17, 1 through 7 is the covenant of circumcision. Okay? Yeah. Because there's an earlier in 15, there's an yeah. earlier covenant mm-hmm. that, that what God makes. So this is one later as they have continued to wait. And you go all back, all the way back to Genesis 12 for that initial call. Follow me, right. and I'll give you the land. Right. This is a reminder of how long they've been waiting. And there's Abram at 99, and he says, "I know you're waiting, and I'm still. Just hold on a little bit longer." God says, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." He's 90. I love the the way they're at 99.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, Paul, when he quotes it, then he don't, he don't, don't. Um, He's not very tactful. He said, he was good as dead.
0: Yeah, let's well, be honest know? about it. Well, and just, yeah, yeah and then as you read through Genesis and, and this, and there's the conversation Sarah has with her yep. uh, women friends. She said, well, yep. do you think I'm going to get pleasure from that old man? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you know, this well, is, yeah.
1: There are two things that cut out. First one is is the seven, the the part between, uh, let's see, that's seven through, what, 14? And that talks about the the covenant of circumcision, and that's important. This is the first time there's an ask of something that they are to do, and this yeah. is important for Romans later, because Paul in Romans, it's very important to him that Abraham believed before, prior to the request of circumcision and mm-hmm. obedience to circumcision. Mm-hmm. The belief came first, yeah. and that's important. Because you know, in the in the way in which Paul understands the story of Abraham. So you've got that that's that circumcision thing. And then verse seventeen. What I want to play with, look at verse three. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him mm-hmm. and he does the covenant. All right. Verse seventeen, which we don't do, mm-hmm. guess what it says? <laughs> Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Yeah.
0: So Not I think committed.
1: a homiletic a homiletic entry point would be the repetition of fell on his face, hmm. and in one place he fell on his face in awe and wondering what's going to do. Mm-hmm. Here's God has appeared to me. God is speaking to me all the way through this. Nobody, you know, the way the part we read here, nobody says anything, mm-hmm. but God. God makes the covenant. God is, takes priority. God says, "I'll do this. I'll do this." Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say anything. But the first time he falls on his face, it's like he's here. What's he going to do? A moment of faithfulness, mm-hmm. of belief, and then you get down. And after it's all over, it says, "And Abraham fell on his face and laughed."
0: Mm-hmm. Not at him the over.
1: idea of Sarah. He didn't laugh at the idea hurt him getting her pregnant. He got the yeah, laughed at the idea of her being pregnant.
0: Well, yeah, you you read that story. <laughs> You get a real great honest look at a longtime marriage and how yeah. <laughs> one spouse thinks of the other. Because they're both yeah. going, you know, him, what her? Are you kiss me. Yeah. That old so woman.
1: I think homiletically we say, what does it mean to have faith? Because Paul takes this even including the laughter mm-hmm. as Abram trusted God. Yeah. Continued yeah. to trust even in the even in the moments of doubt. Fell on his face in laughter. Mm-hmm. He continued to have faith, which was fulfilled. Yeah, that's that's one. Thing. The other thing that I think is important is the name changing. Uh, don't put too much on uh, mm-hmm. the 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 business of Abraham meaning an ancestor of multitude of nations. That doesn't really work that way uh, linguistically, or. Uh, Sarah and Sarah the important thing is that God has dictated the name change
0: yeah it's a marker. god
1: has claim a marker of the claim and the promise it's God yeah. has named us mm-hmm. given by God as a change of status right and, and verse 8 which isn't here uh, but is also important here is is summarizes what I believe the covenant is which mm-hmm. is I will be their God God says, I will be their God. This is what this is all about. And uh, ask of them the circumcision, not as an act that that fulfills some kind of covenant on their part, but as a marker, a reminder to them mm-hmm. of my promise yeah. to them. Yep. And the core yep. with this, this Genesis text is that at a moment when I'm guessing Abram and Sarah had begun to say, this this was a fool's bargain. It's not mm-hmm. happening.
2: Yeah,
1: God appears again, but doesn't at that moment fulfill the promise, but makes another promise. Yeah. And how do you trust? How where do you find it to trust that? Yeah. And sometimes, as with Abram, it's a thin thread.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A thin thread,
1: and we all have that thin thread sometimes.
0: Yeah. It goes to the power for me of ritual, of worship, of, you know, and we're talking here, the ritual of circumcision. It's not that you need to, you know, be sure everybody does this so you please God and you get these blessings. It is that call to remember. Every time you do this, you remember what's going on. And that goes for so many of our Rituals uh, in worship. It's why we take the meal, right? Uh, we yep. remember, and it's not to do it over. And over. oh, I missed communion last week. God's going to get me. I better hurry up and, you know, get back to church. No, it's uh, yeah, you need to hurry up and get back to church, but it's it's not for the reasons yeah. we uh, articulate sometimes.
1: Yeah. Uh, to move into the psalm, we have the second half of this psalm. And I think, it, once again, I'm going to step outside the psalm to talk about it okay. a little, the, the, the section we have, because the first half, verses 1 through 21, is a penitent talking about their suffering and their humiliation. Mm-hmm. This is one that's often used on Good Friday uh, liturgy, you know, the suffering and, 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 and difficulty that they're having. And then verse 22 is when he says, I will tell Thus, to my brethren, to the congregation, and then it launches into what we have today, uh, the what is said to the congregation. Now, right. various various commentators say this is possibly there's a penitent. And then he makes his vow, and the priest stands up and says to him, and to the gathered congregation, this this benediction. That's mm-hmm. twenty three through thirty one. Uh, others say it's the penitent making their testimony of. I was in this trouble. I made this vow, and God relieved my trouble. Right. And others say it's a hymn that the congregation launched into singing liturgically. You know, mm-hmm. it was a part of this ritual of con- of a confession or a prayer for need and what we did, and mm-hmm. then a hymn that says one of one of two connections here with to the Genesis text. Uh, one of, one of which is. Uh, seeing Abram and Sarai as people who have been humiliated a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've been telling people about this promise and what's happening, and and then they get vindicated yeah, eventually, you know, yeah. and they get vindicated. But the, the other connection is this language in the psalm that talks about the ends of the earth, the families of the nations, mm-hmm. he rules over the nations, future generation, which reiterates the promise that was made. Yeah. To Abram and Sarah. And it's not limited to Israel, but it's a promise to the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the answer <clears throat> liturgically, you know, which function is this? The answer is yes. Uh, yes, it's exactly. Likely, uh, uh, you know, used in all of these forms. One's,
1: an act, one's a, oh, as big a possibility as the other, and it was possibly used that way mm-hmm. and can be used any way you want to. There you go.
0: How does it fit? All right. Yep.
1: All right. And so Romans four thirteen through twenty five is Paul's meditation on the story we had from Genesis seventeen. He quotes directly mm-hmm. seventeen five in verse seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, in in which you know he says, "As it is written, I have made you the father of nations, and et cetera, et cetera, gives life to the dead, into existence things do not exist." Mm-hmm. Abraham is Paul's model of true faith and for Paul a model of Christian faith and it's important to Paul that Abraham was justified by God prior to circumcision that is before the Torah was issued and there was the spectre of obedience being required for Paul the faith of the Christian is like the faith of Abraham that that there is, it, faith comes prior to any possibility of obedience. Yeah. You know, that God gives us the gift, and we haven't done anything to earn the gift, and we are to respond to that gift. And this is why he uses all his language throughout this about uh, death, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, the presence of God in whom he believes, who gives life to the dead and mm-hmm. calls into existence things that are not, already as good of dead is about a hundred years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Now I, I would say in twenty he did not read the full text when he says no trust. Mis- <laughs> This truck made him waver. I was
0: just about to get there. I said, well, yeah, but uh, a little episode between his wife and uh, her uh, maiden might have made him waver. But.
1: Well, let me, let me just see. <laughs> that Paul is not the first preacher to ignore a part of a text that did not go with his sermon idea.
0: (laughs) There you go. That just shows us how these scriptures are a living document. Okay, They were working it out.
1: He kind of skipped over that part. But for us, it's that verse 21 being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Mm -hmm. Now, the reckoned to him as righteousness quote um, comes back from 15. Uh, chapter 15, and, you know, it says Abram believed God and God reckoned it mm-hmm. to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it when it gets into "reckon" here because mm-hmm. it makes my southern soul proud. Well, I reckon
0: that. But it doesn't
1: mean reckon the way we do mm-hmm. in the south. In the south, we say reckon to mean I guess, I I suppose, it might be. Reckon here is, in the British sense of reckon, is figure or calculate Mm -hmm. or come to a conclusion. I remember being in a brief time, a week or two, in summer continuing ed at Oxford. I don't want to overstretch the idea. Oh, I studied at Oxford. (laughs) I was there with a bunch of aging Americans doing continuing ed. But um, I said something to one of the classes, and the professor who was an Oxford professor, said, well, Mr. Chilton, how do you reckon? And I started to say, well, I reckon I'm right. <laughs> and studied, then I remembered what I she said, was asking was, yeah. how did you come to that conclusion? Right,
0: right. When you add it all up, yeah. 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 You yeah. said, well, I studied on it a while, and I reckon that's <laughs> the right answer.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. this, is, this is important here. Mm-hmm. But, as I said earlier, Paul is battling with the notion. That God offers us a gift, and as Capon says, we always turn it into a deal.
0: Mm-mm. Trying to turn it into a deal.
1: Try to turn it into.
0: Yeah, I just take Paul's phrase in eighteen, hoping against hope. What a great yeah. theme! What a great yeah. theme! And everything you've just outlined, uh, yeah, uh, does that. This is what faith helps us to do. Hope against and,
1: hope. And, and and rhetorically, I'm just fascinated by how Paul built this all the way back at least to 17, mm-hmm. where he starts talking about who gives life to the dead, and, call, and he goes through these various things down to the end of 24, who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He is bringing the resurrection against all these issues mm-hmm. of failure and death. And, and, again, reminding us we serve a God who knows the way out of the grave.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Paul, so, can, Paul can stack up a phrase or two and build an argument. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah.
1: So we, we find ourselves moving on over to the gospel lesson um, in chapter 8. And, of course, it starts with then. And then pushes us back earlier into chapter 8, which is right. where Jesus had that little conversation in which he said, now. Who do people say that I am? Mm-hmm. Some say Elijah mm-hmm. and some say Moses or some say John the Baptist or one of the other prophets. And he said, Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now who do y'all say I am? Yeah. And and ever shy Peter <laughs> leaps up and says, Well, you're the Christ. Yep. He said, Well, yeah, you're right. Now let you're me done. tell you what that means.
0: Yeah. This is where <laughs> our that's right. Then, then he then
1: began to teach Man to teach. And he,
0: he, he, four
1: things he tells them that it means mm-hmm. uh, Son of Man, and and reading around it, there are a lot of things you can do with that, but not today. Mm-hmm. Here today, it just means I. Yeah. You know, he's claiming a title for himself, and I wouldn't go too far into it with Daniel and all this stuff. In this mm-hmm. te- context, He's talking about I as the Christ.
0: Yeah, for Jesus, that's as close as he ever gets to naming himself as yes. Messiah or Christ or anything else. He's sort of like, yeah, yeah uses this term from you know uh, Hebrew tradition from Daniel, yeah. and, and for him, yep. yeah, it stands for it represents all. all of right.
1: It. Yep. So it's suffering, rejection, death, and resurrection, hmm. and the disciples. In the person of Peter, they begin to rebuke him, and say, "Not now! Wait a minute! It doesn't say what Peter says, like it does in the mm-hmm. other ones. Right. You know, this is, right. this is it took him apart and rebuked him. That's very strong. That's like you're wrong. Don't yep. say that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very was, You know, this is very strong language.
0: You're getting off track here, Jesus. Yeah.
1: So Jesus turns and looks at the disciples. So he knows the rest of the disciples. Uh, you don't have to even think in terms of he's the son of God and knows everything. He he knows his crew, mm-hmm. and he knows they're not getting it. they got mm-hmm. those puzzled looks. And he turns back to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Now, this harkens back from Mark all the way back to the temptations. Right. Because the temptations in some were to walk away from being the son of man in the way in which Jesus understood he was going to have to be the Son of Man. Mm-hmm. That is walk away from the suffering, the rejection, and the cross. Right. Here I got alternatives for you. <laughs> so and Jesus rejected those in the wilderness and now he rejects them by saying, Get behind me, Satan, because yeah. he recognizes in Peter's very almost innocent concern Right. The voice of the tempter is a genuine temptation. Mm-hmm. He's not so much yelling at Peter as he's yelling at the devil. In some ways, yelling at himself. Mm-hmm. Don't be tempted. Yeah.
0: This. Yeah. yeah. This is what happens. He's not calling Peter up. Uh, uh, you know, uh, red skin, horned entity, fallen angel from the sky. No, this, this is, as it was in Mark's version of the temptation story, you know, all we got, uh you know, last week, first Sunday in Lent, was yeah. spirit driving, Jesus in the wilderness, tempted by yeah. Satan, wild beasts with him, etc., You know, I don't want to get too long into that, but part of my recollect, or part of my uh, having to put all that together, at least in my own mind, was, well, this temptation was needed; it was necessary, and as with, for example, yeah, as with, for example, in the book of Job and that opening council, the Satan has a sort of an assigned role. This is, yeah. you know, this is part of it. There's there's gotta be opposition in order for us to find strength. And yeah. so yeah, Jesus is just clearly saying here, look, Peter, yeah, look, this I know it's the temptation. I know, you know, you're speaking. Um I'm not the one that's off track here. You're a little off track. Let's let's get back together. So
1: And and so verses thirty-one through thirty-three, Jesus is talking to the disciples. And then 34 through 38, he opens it up. It says the crowd and mm-hmm. the disciples, because mm-hmm. he knows they've overheard. And this is where we get the famous, if you want to become my followers, deny self, take up cross and follow me. And by implication, taking up the cross and following means undergo suffering, be rejected,
0: it's the and whole risk deal. death. It's uh, the
1: but hear the promise of the resurrection. Which is probably why they're like, "Wait a minute! No, part of it's concern for Jesus. Part of it is this is a cognitive dissonance from what they understand the Messiah is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But some of it is, I'm. This is not what I signed up for, baby. Yeah, yeah. You said follow me, and I I, I dropped my stuff and I followed. But whoa,
0: yeah." Well, and I'm we, not
1: sure this, I understood what you were saying.
0: Mm-hmm. And we don't want to get our congregations all caught up, but again, keep in our minds straight because we preached the transfiguration a couple of weeks ago. And that's what's about to happen. This is all happening yep. right before that, six days later, uh, that let us in. And so they are <laughs> struggling to get clear on yep. who. Jesus so. really is. And one of our overarching questions, what it means for him to be the Christ, right? What does it mean? He's telling them, okay, yeah, the Christ, suffering, etc., death, rising again. And they're struggling to understand what that means because they are called to follow that Christ. And if we're following... um, yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna take on some of the same stuff, and it is it's a hard call. And,
1: and so you see, the rest of this text is kind of what I call piling on. <laughs> and these <laughs> adages that we find thirty five through thirty eight mm-hmm. are found in various places in Matthew and Luke, but not strung together in this same way. So they're right. what we would call authentic <laughs> memories of things Jesus said, and mm-hmm. Mark has used them here to reiterate to to underline following and denying and yeah. taking up the cross save life, lose it, lose life sake it, save it, profit have the whole world, lose your life mm-hmm. what can you give for your life etc, cetera, etc, cetera. the ashamed of me but notice it ends with comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels, both of these things that scare us so bad mm-hmm these sayings end with an affirmation of resurrection. And yeah. you have suffering, rejection, death, and three days rise again. Mm-hmm. You have this litany of, if you want to save your life, you lose it, and lose your life for my sake, and the gospel will save it, and what will it profit and forfeit your life, and what can you give for your life, and mm-hmm. adulterous. And then it says, he comes in the glory of his father with holy angels. Mm-hmm. The theme for the day through stretching through all these texts is can God be trusted mm-hmm. to do what God says what do? Yep. Can God be trusted to support us through life and death? Mm-hmm. Can God be trusted enough for us to follow wherever mm-hmm. we are led? Yep. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Yes.
0: Amen. This is the hope against hope is that we will not be left to uh, suffer and die without the promise and the hope of the resurrection. But it is also coming to grips with there is no resurrection without suffering and dying. Yeah. Right? It's the essential tension of uh one of my favorite theologians, Jorgen Moltmann, in the Crucified Christ. Um, you know that that there is no resurrection, there is no uh, resurrected Christ without the suffering Jesus on the cross, and so no wonder they struggled with it. In, in ways, yep. we're still struggling with this same tension. But yeah. Uh, that's what we got going on today. That's all preachers. That's all you got to handle today. Um, <laughs> but nothing, the, <laughs> nothing to it. Nothing yeah, to it. Bubba. Thanks for giving us some ideas and things to think about, and uh, various ways to get into it. And so, as always, we're praying and wishing you all uh, a great time as you work this week and as you prepare to proclaim coming up next weekend. Um, uh, that's about all I can say. Um, but uh, Bubba. If you're done, I don't reckon there's much left for us to do today other than to tell everybody bye.
1: Everybody bye. I've traveled down
0: alone. Lectionary Lab Live is a Two bubbas and a Bible production. Our opening theme is Top of the Morning, performed by Track Tribe. We go out today with the gospel song, Just Lift Your Cross and Follow Me, composed by Ira Stanfield, performed by Larry Ford.
2: Jesus,
0: how folks were treated.
2: Yeah mm-hmm. Your cross and follow close to me. Absolutely Oh Jesus, if I die upon a foreign. I repay. No greater love has mortal man than for a friend to die. These are those words I gently heard him speak to me.